When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Bunch of media gigs, bunch of podcasts. Absolutely love this one, the College Draft Podcast, because I love college football. I love the NFL Draft, and I love that more and more people are wagering on college football via DraftKings or whomever. And we talk about all of them here on this show. You can check me out on social media, of course, at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. Love that we're growing the way we are on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And the biggest reason for that is my guy, Emery Hunt, who is seemingly everywhere. I mean, there's a lot of things I legitimately think Emery is the best in the world at. I don't think there's anybody better at evaluating, maybe period, but certainly the lower level of college football, lower levels of college football, because he puts the time in. I also don't think there's anybody in the world that follows, understands, and enjoys the other professional leagues more than Emory. So that's why he's a must-follow for me, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. I personally think it's still a great time to get his draft guide I like having the draft guide out while I'm watching preseason games because it's like, who's that guy or who's that guy? And then Emery has him. I mean, you can Google him and then he'll come up with on the team bio, but because the team will have him on the roster, they don't have an evaluation for him. They just have like, you know, he rushed for eight yards of carry for Kansas Wesleyan last year. Like Emery will actually tell you about the guy footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Kind of a bittersweet day, Emery, because I love going over every draft pick with you. We've done every other division and hearing about the best undrafted free agents because that's what I was. And we're finishing up today with the AFC West. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. And, and again, a lot of teams got better. And at the end of the day, this is why I've I've said this since the start of this offseason. I want to say maybe May. There's going to be a 10-win team in the AFC that doesn't make the playoffs. That's how competitive this AFC is going to be this upcoming year. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, and then we'll have the whole conversation. Should there be eight teams in the playoffs? Although they just added seven a couple of years ago. What's um Before we get into this, just real quick, what's jumped out to you um, about USFL recently? We got the championship game coming up. Yep, this upcoming weekend, the championship game, Michigan, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh taking on 
Birmingham. What's jumped out to me is that you've seen teams that have brought guys back in the same system or back in the league. They found that continuity and it has made the football just much more cohesive. And you're seeing that with Birmingham and their quarterback, Alex Magoo, second year in the system, full-time starter this year. He has really taken off and is looking like the MVP of the league. Where's he from again? Florida International. Oh, that's that's right. Uh, Alex Magoo, I remember that name. All right, let's get into the, the Denver Broncos, Emery, on the AFC West stuff. In, uh, they didn't have a first-round pick because of Sean Payton. So round two, they took Marvin Mims Jr. Round three, they took Drew Sanders, the linebacker from Arkansas, Riley Moss, the corner from Iowa. Why don't you start with round two with Marvin Mims, which is interesting, by the way, because we talk all the time about all these receivers they have. And Joe Dolan was talking about this in the Fantasy Feast last week. Oh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Hamler and Tim Patrick. Well, evidently, Sean Payton felt like something was still lacking. Well, what was lacking with that group is, you know, injury concerns, a health. You know what I'm saying? You think about Hamler has missed time. Patrick is coming off of an injury. We saw uh, Sutton miss some time before. Judy is out there, has missed some time a little bit. So the talent is definitely there, but the you know, the health is what you concern. So you got to keep adding to the position, which is why they went out and brought in Marquez Calloway and little Jordan Humphrey, two guys very familiar with Sean Payton. And now Montreal Washington, a guy that they drafted a few years ago, also has dealt with some injury, but he's a really good player too. But Mims gives them great body control. You know, someone that does a great job in sacrificing for the reception and he can get deep down the field, you know? So this is another one of these type of go ball type guys, even though he's a shorter guy, he can get deep. Uh, that Sean Payton is bringing into the fold. And you talk about Drew Sanders and Raleigh Moss. I felt like both guys should have probably gone earlier, maybe late round one, definitely early uh, second round. But to get these guys in round three, Sanders, long length athletic linebacker, made a lot of big plays. You also look at Raleigh Moss. We talked about this before, Ross. If he wasn't a white cornerback, he definitely would have had much more fanfare. He can cover, he can run. He could turn the ball over to me. Sounds like exactly what you want in the secondary. And I feel like when you pair him up with what they already have in tow with uh, Pat Sertan II, Johnson back there at safety, Moss is going to turn the ball over a lot for Denver. And Sanders gives him a lot more length and athleticism, in my opinion, at the second level. So I know we've talked about this before, Emery, but the whole white corner thing, we talked about how they get they – get, typecast to safety or to slot receiver or whatever, right? And I get that. Athletically, what typically is it that holds some white guys back from being corners in the NFL? Fluidity in the hips? Because it's not just the raw speed because there's a bunch of white guys that are fast, you know? Right, and, and, and there's a lot of white guys that are fluid. So it's just being typecast. I, I mean, the thing is, if you're – given an opportunity to play the position, you can either play yourself into that role or play yourself out of that role. But if you don't have that opportunity, then you'll never know. Molly, uh, Riley Moss was given that opportunity, and we see how that turned out where he was an all-Big Ten performer, you know, all-American, elite-level athlete in ball skills. So it's just about the opportunity. You never know what you don't know if you're not given that chance to really go out there and showcase. 
It's a really, really good point. You know, if we gave all these other guys a chance, there'd probably be at least a few more that could show that they can do it. In in round six, they took J.L. Skinner, the safety from Boise State. And round seven, Alex Forsythe, the center from Oregon. That's the guy you really liked, right? He was my number one center. And so I'm a big fan of him. And the fact that I feel like they got themselves a potential guy that could play inside or, you know, as a as their starting center at some point, it, it's going to be fun to watch him throughout training camp when you put the pads on because I've just thought that his tape was clean. And uh, you talk about J.L. Skinner. He looks the part on film like he is legitimately large. You know, he's 6'4", he's rangy. You know, he could play that slot defender role where he's covering the alley. He's playing excellent run support. It's hard to you know, throw the ball his way because he's so long and tall, you're clogging up these passing windows. And that in and of itself is a skill set. So I like the fact that they, they were able to break him in. He's going to start off as a core special teamer, but a situational guy definitely helps him out moving forward. We're going to move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. I have to cut you off, Ross. There's two guys I have to mention. Oh, I forgot the undrafted free agent. Yeah, Thank there's, you. There's Thank two, you, Emery. Thank there's you. two dudes like that literally stood out. Jaleel McLaughlin, I watched him at you know, Notre Dame College, which is a Division II program in Ohio, phenomenal talent. Like, had an insane yards per carry average, right? Then he transfers to Youngstown State, same thing. So he jumped up from Division II to FCS and was able to kill it there and had a really good week at the Hula Bowl. And Taylor Grimes, Ross, when I tell you, this will be the name that you'll hear coming out of training camp. This dude, to use a basketball reference, he gets buckets. You know how many points Incarnate Word scored a game last year with their quarterback, Lindsey Scott Jr.? This dude was on the receiving end of double-digit touchdowns from Lindsey Scott. He is always open. He's explosive. He's dynamic. He made everyone at the NFLPA game look like fools trying to cover him. So keep an eye on him. You're going to hear his name a lot during camp. Wow. I love it. Um, I also love how the Kansas City Chiefs, despite all their success, Keep having a ton of picks every draft. We talked about FAU in round one, the edge rusher from Kansas State that you were not particularly high on. Round two and round three, the Friday night day two picks, they took Rashi Rice, the wide receiver from SMU in round two, and Wanya Morris, the tackle from Oklahoma in round three. Those two picks, I thought they really got you know right. When you think about Rice, and how he gets open and how he's productive. You know, he's a guy that plays above the rim. You know, he may not be the fastest, but he's so productive and so dynamic with, you know, going up and getting the football. He makes plays. And if you're making plays, you're going to find yourself open. You're never really covered. It's a good pick right there. And Morris, another one that was surprisingly going, you know, in round three, I thought he'd probably be a round two guy, but stockpiling depth behind what they built in the offseason with, you know, Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor. It's another good underrated pick by Kansas City. I think based off free agency and the draft, Kansas City still got better despite being a Super Bowl champion. Round four, five, six, seven. They took Kamari Connor, a corner from Virginia Tech, B.J. Thompson, an edge rusher from Stephen F. Austin, Keandre Coburn, D-tackle Texas, and then Nick Jones, a corner from Ball State. I was shocked that that uh, Colborn going this low. Good guy, uses his hands rather well, does a solid job in getting off blocks. Thompson is someone I really like. 
because you go and watch him at Stephen F. Austin and he, you know, you want to see guys from the FCS stand out on tape. He definitely stood out on tape, but you go and watch him. You know, I was at the East West Shrine Bowl and you're watching him drop back in coverage fluidly like he's a linebacker or even someone that has played safety, right? He was just so natural in dropping back in zone coverage. And, you know, sometimes he would man up on a tight end and, and cover well, but coming off the edge, natural rushing ability, length to close, kind of like a former Stephen F. Austin guy that's starring in uh, the uh, the CFL right now for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Willie Jefferson, that type of guy. So he's going to fill out that frame, but he still has that, that you know innate quickness off the ball. So getting those guys and Connor gives them good depth at safety. They lost a lot, but they still are, they, they, you know, they invest a lot last year um, and they lose uh, Juan Thornhill. So you have to stockpile the depth there. And he did a good job with Connor uh, coming in uh, to close that, that uh, hole. Um, thoughts on uh, Coburn and Jones. I, I, oh, Jones, I gave you Coburn. That's, you know, Texas. Get yeah, off the sorry, ball. Jones. But Jones is someone, you know, for me, Ball State had did a great job the last three years uh, within their secondary. I thought they had a competitive secondary, guys that could press and uh, do a good job in playing both man coverage and off coverage. Jones fills that role. And it, and it's, again, stockpiling depth on the back end. Undrafted guy, Emery? The Neric Prince of Tulsa, the running back. He, was, he looks the part. He's a big physical guy, one-cut downhill runner, kind of like what the Patriots have, or I don't know if he's still with the Patriots in Damian Harris. forgot where he went uh, this offseason, but he's sort of of that. Buffalo. Buffalo now. So he's someone that, that that has a good feel for the run game, had a really good shrine game as well. It's funny. Again, we said this before. You could tell which teams spent a lot of times at, all, at you know, which all-star game because you're starting to see that premiate throughout the roster. Been telling people all week, Emery, last couple weeks, we're getting a best ball draft on the Fantasy Feast. Just go to westshorehome.com slash Ross. Get a free estimate for getting new bathtubs and showers, and you can get in the best ball draft, westshorehome.com slash Ross. All right, Emery, let's get into the Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of conversation about Tyree Miller how about the rest of their day two picks? Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. Byron Young, the D tackle from Alabama. And Trey Tucker, the receiver from Cincinnati. Mayer is, he was my number one inline tight end because he does a solid job on both ends. He, it, you know, he looks the part of what you want that position to be. And it's someone that I was shocked didn't go in round one, but also, you know, the Raiders really invested heavily in this position. O.J. Howard, they bring it in. They have Austin Hooper as well. Jesper Horstead, your guy from Princeton. Big fan of what he used to do at receiver for Princeton, but has really blossomed and grown into a tight end. Mayor gives them someone that's going to be on the field all three downs. Someone that can be a threat and underneath, but really good pickup for the Raiders. And you can see where their game plan is in terms of what they want to get out that position. Tucker can really do a lot of damage as a run-after-catch guy. Got to bulk up a little bit more because he can get rerouted a little bit. And maybe this is something they plan to use him for because we're hearing talks of them moving off from Hunter Renfro, which it would be dumb because Renfro gets buckets too. Like, he is so uncoverable. So, But we'll see how that plays out. But at least he helps you on special teams. And Byron Young, another one of these rotational interior defensive linemen, 
good with his hands, good point of attack, doesn't really give up the line of scrimmage, and helps fill that void on the interior of the defense uh, up front. Round four, they took Jacorian Bennett, the corner from Maryland, and Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback from Purdue. I think it was Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker football podcast, maybe, who really liked Bennett. What did you think of him? Yeah, he was really good, man. Bennett, you know, there were times where you watching tape and you, he outshined his teammate, Deontay Banks, right? And so, but Bennett is another one of these good guys that uh, was battle-tested at Maryland within his own program because of the talented receivers they have. So him going out there on game day, was kind of easy for him. So this is a really underrated pick for the Raiders. Aiden O'Connell, if this was, you know, 2003, you know, I can understand, but he just fits that that type of mold of quarterback. Um, you know, he doesn't really have the athleticism, but you like that he doesn't quit on, on you know, games and plays and he'll fight and, can, and compete. I keep going back to that Music City Bowl they had against Tennessee. Um, well, he just had these guys. He was just fighting all throughout that game. Then you go back and look at the first game against uh, against Penn State, was competing in that game as well. So you like that he doesn't let a bad play linger. Um, so, and based on what you get out of Jimmy Garoppolo, we may even see Aiden O'Connell, you know, this year because Garoppolo's health. Um, I think he's better than Brian Horry. Brian Horry should just be a coach at this point. So, um, but Aiden O'Connell is an interesting one uh, based off his style of play. The last three picks, they took Chris Smith in the round five, the safety from Georgia, Amari Bernie, the linebacker from Florida in round six, and then Nesta Jade Silvera, the D-tackle from Arizona State in round seven. Nesta Jade Silvera was excellent um, at the Senior Bowl. Strong point of attack guy, walking all offensive linemen back uh, into the pocket during one-on-one. So he has that, that initial ball get off and that core strength that you want to see on the interior chris smith was my number one free safety because he's so instinctive great football iq and i keep bringing up the oregon game where they got him for a touchdown on a previous play it was a big game right where he didn't you know they ran the same concept um again a series later and he picked it off and, and went back the other way so that type of okay i see what you did there i'm not gonna make the same mistake twice and he he showed up big there, and it also keeps you very honest and and safe on the back end. So I, I just think his football IQ is off the charts. And Bernie is someone that's going to help uh, their special teams out. You know, another one of these physical guys that looks like you know, he could be a situational defender within their defense, but obviously he's going to be a core special team from day one. Who jumped out to you out of their uh, their crop of undrafted guys? McClendon Curtis out of Chattanooga. I thought he would be a drafted guy um, considering how well he played, not only at Chattanooga, you go back and watch a game against Kentucky, but also down at the senior bowl. Now, he's a big physical guy. He looks like he's built a lot like what um, the kid from Florida is built like the end uh, Osiris Torrance, like where he's a guard, but you could kind of see him as a right tackle. So just off size alone, obviously there's probably something behind the scenes, let's say medical, that knocked them out of the draft completely, but that's a really good pickup uh, by the Raiders. Let's get to the L.A. Chargers, last but not least. We talked about them taking Quentin Johnson in the first round. I thought that was an interesting pick, the TCU wide receiver. Friday night, they took 
Tuli Tuiopolotu, the edge rusher from USC. I forget how you felt about him. And then they took your boy in the third round, Dayon Henley, the linebacker from Washington State. Everybody I've talked to that I trust and respect, you, Greg Cosell on the Raw Soccer Party, everybody loved Dayon Henley. Like, it was unanimous. Tell me about these two guys. They got my number one inside linebacker in Dayon Henley and my number two edge rusher in Tui Tupoloto. I was shocked that he didn't go in round one in terms of, you know, edge rushers, right? And when you think about teams that took edge rushers, this guy should have been one of those guys because he's versatile. He could play across the front. He's got hustle. He has that dog in him that you want to see. He's He knows how to close. And so he still has upside, in my opinion. And so when you look at him paired with Henley, Henley is someone I, I compare it to Fred Warner. And when you think about how well he's able to play the pass equally as well as he's able to play the run and knowing his background as an offensive guy, it makes so much sense. Like this is a dude that's going to fit perfectly for the defense. So I thought they got better defensively. Um, when you think about where they struggled last year, obviously the depth behind Mack and Bosa, when they both got had their injury issues, Tua Pelotu fixes that. But also with the run defense, obviously they brought in some guys via free agency, but Henley should help put a stop to that. They should be better, at least on paper they are, versus the run. Round four, they took Darius Davis, the wide receiver from TCU. Round five, Jordan McFadden, the guard from Clemson. I know you love that guy as well. I think maybe Tom – is Tom Telesco like your boy? Do they just like read the football game plan draft guide as they're going down these picks? Hey, listen, because when you think about it, my number one guard in McFat, my number one inside backer, my number two edge rusher, they bought the guy too, just like the Lions did. So it's great to see guys watching the show and then going to, you know, from show to action and going by the draft guy. So, yes, I am all in on how many pluses I gave Detroit, like eight plus plus. Same thing for the Chargers here. But McFadden was shocking because he dominated at left tackle. And so it was just a natural hey, we're just going to kick him down inside the guard. I'm shocked no one was talking enough about McFadden and how clean the state was because really the only knock he could have seen or saw was his height or his size. He can't play tackle at 6'2". Well, that should make him a a dynamite guard. And he got one. He got my number one guard last year in uh, Zion Johnson. So, yeah, Telesco definitely buys a guy for sure. And Davis is someone I think helps out their special team. Another, you know, dynamic playmaker – they are all in on the vertical passing game. You bring in Kellen Moore, you draft Quentin Johnson, you go get Darius Davis uh, to go along with what you already have on the roster. You have a strong arm quarterback and Justin Herbert. So this is going to be fun offense to watch as Charger offenses always are because they tend to get a quarterback that pairs perfectly with, with their personnel. Round six, they took Scott Matlock, a D tackle from Boise State. Round seven, another TCU Horn Frog, this time the quarterback, Max Duggan. Well, Matt Locke was my number eight defensive tackle. I liked him too. So it goes to show you that he is buying the gap, the guy. But Matt Locke had himself a week at the NFL PA game, so much so played himself into a shrine game invite. He was unblockable, Ross, at the NFL PA game. So we, everyone was kind of like, man, who is this blue helmet? You know, and so you're looking up, you're like, damn, this is a dude from Boise State. Like, whipping guys like this so that was fun to watch and then you go get Duggan kind of like what they already have in Easton Stick so they clearly have a type in their backup guy athletic guy competitor uh productive you know and also winning program winning pedigree 
I kind of like that fit for for Duggan. Um, he's going to have a tough time with Stick, but I do feel like with the new rules, you're keeping all three guys. So I like that they are. Hey, this is our type. This we like this as a backup and a guy that's athletic. That is a competitor that won a lot of games. That's Max Duggan. What about their best undrafted free agent, Emory? Oh wow, they had a bunch. You know, Eli uh, Elijah Dotson from Sacramento State was a good one. Atala Hoosman, I, I wrote about. He was at North Dakota, good running back um, that can play a little bit of both. You look down the list, you see, um, you see uh, Andrew Farmer out of Lane. He was someone that I, the, the pass rusher. He was someone that I texted a, a NFL scout. I was like, Hey man, is this dude a, a senior or is he coming back? And the scout texted me back like, Oh, he's he's coming back for another year. No one, Ross. When I talk about no one, no one was talking about this dude, but his n- numbers was was so insane like double the sack numbers at, at the division two program and i'm like why is no one talking about him he fits the mo he's 63 250 and he went down had a great hula bowl had a great hbcu legacy bowl and now he found himself as an undrafted free agent uh with the charges with a great chance to win and he was whipping dudes from the power five at the hula bowl in one-on-ones consistently and michael azike from ucla excellent athlete stress vertical guy had a really good NFL PA bowl, someone that des- definitely has a chance to, to really you know, create some opportunities here. So, yes, charges A++++. Love it. Awesome job, Emery. As always, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.